0: all right hello and welcome to press x to doubt where game news toes the line between hogwash and holy crap that's true uh as always i'm shm i'm here with my main man preston hello Thank you for being here as always, my co host. And joining us today, we have a very special guest. We have Rich McLaughlin, the creator of Oppo Switch.
1: Hey guys, for thanks for having me.
0: Xbox. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate you being here. Yeah. Uh, Rich, before we get into the nitty gritty of our show and the regulars, why don't you just give us a quick pitch about Oppo Switch?
1: Okay. Um, so, Oppo Switch is a puzzle game available on Xbox, and it is kind of inspired by the classic handheld game, Lights Out, where you have a grid of lights and each light can either be on or off. Um, And then you, once you click one, it will toggle other ones next to it. And different colors and different patterns do that in different shapes. And so the objective of the game is to clear the board. And as you progress through the levels, they get harder and harder as new shapes and patterns are introduced.
0: Nice. That's definitely, it's always good to have things to push your head and, and get yeah. your mind going just a little bit throughout the day or at the end of the day or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely would classify it as a palette clinter, um, especially with Xbox and the the quick resume feature on Series X. Like I'll, I'll jump in and just play a couple in between like Cyberpunk and Valhalla or, you know, some huge thing where I'm like, OK, I just need a mental reset before I jump back into some epic world or open open space.
0: That's actually an interesting way to uh, classify a game, but it makes sense when you think about it. Like, I've mm-hmm. never thought of, like, okay, before I jump back into that game, I need to play this game for a mm-hmm. little bit. But that, I mean, to me, that totally makes complete sense to have something like a palate cleanser.
1: Yeah, and I would say, like, for me, like games like Tetris 99 or roguelikes, like um, Undermine or or Hades... And I don't, I don't mean palate cleanser in a condescending way. And since I call my own game that, I, I guess it, I mean in a positive way. No, no,
0: yeah. I didn't take it as a negative thing. No, no, Palate cleanser. Um, Thanks. Yeah, uh, I know that uh, Preston has been talking a bunch about it because I know he has it. I have never played it. So I was interested enough to be like, who is this guy coming on? What is this right. game he's created? So I just wanted to ask a couple of questions. But I know Preston wanted to give a shout out to your music and your design within the game. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I guess, Preston, do you want to speak a little more about that?
2: Yeah. I think it's like really straightforward and really elegant. And there's a lot of things that, uh, once we get into the interview after the news portion, uh, I've been really impressed with just how smooth everything is and how smoothly the onboarding process is. Um, I think we had talked a little bit about you have like a how to play section uh, yeah. that I completely missed on my first playthrough, but I yeah. had no problem just still burning right through it. I'm not burning through the game, but. Uh, adapting to it very sure. quickly to all the gameplay mechanics.
1: Well, that, that's great to hear. And don't worry, you're not the only person who just jumped right in and totally ignored the tutorial. Um, somebody said, uh, somebody somebody asked me on Discord said, yeah, I ignored the tutorial because I didn't want to read it. And I said, well, I didn't really want to write it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That one simple page of this is everything that you need to know and condensing the entire game down into yeah uh, it, one page of text has got to be tough.
1: It was very difficult to do that, and we—I went over that a few times. Just, especially as a designer, developer of a game, in your mind, like you have this vision of what this thing is, and it's very intuitive to you because you came up with it. But when you're trying to convey that idea to somebody else, or you know, even at, at the elevator pitch, like Luke asked at the beginning of the show, how do you describe this thing? I'm like, I don't know. If you play it for you know 20 seconds, it's like, oh, okay, you know, kind of, even games like. Tetris or Dr. Mario, like if there's pills falling. What does that mean? But yeah. to see it or to play it, I think helps a lot.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just, I, the name I thought was really perfect. Oppa Switch. As well, thank you. Just-
1: I, I was worried the name would come across like the B sharps, you know, like clever at first, but then less funny every time you hear it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, 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 not at all.
0: All right. Well, you heard the man get on the Xbox marketplace, search for Opa Switch and start pushing through those light puzzles as soon as possible. Uh, For now, we're going to jump into the uh, game news section. That's what everybody is here for. Uh, Preston, you are on your third week of losing money. So, uh, you know, normally we have the uh, champion versus the challenger. Uh, Now we just have Rich versus not the champion. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you will be going up against uh, Rich Uh, I'm excited to hear these game articles. I'm excited to hear the news sections that you guys have here. are The game rules. We're going to go over some gaming articles. Uh, one of them will be a lie, uh, from each of Preston and Rich's, uh, handful of articles that they share with us today. Uh, and there is money on the line, just like always. So at the end, we will go over the articles. We'll do a quick recap and then everyone will have to choose which one was false.
1: Okay, I heard it was a thousand dollars buy-in. Is that
0: correct? Oh, you know, it it actually is. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, has a thousand (laughs) dollars buy-in. Me and Preston were teachers. We definitely have that money to spend (laughs) and buy on something like this every other week. Um, (laughs) No, uh, these are normally pretty small bets. Uh, The highest we've had, I think, so far has been ten dollars. But yeah, I think so. Who's to say, Rich, that that number doesn't go up? All right. Right. Um, all right. Well, uh, because Preston has lost three times in a row, Yeah. uh, we're going to have Preston go first, what <laughs> Dang so he is going to have to really shape up today.
2: Well, I'm going to bring us something good. I'm going to hit the ground running. Uh, this is the article that everyone has been talking about. The KF console is coming out. Oh my God. It is a. KFC warming, uh, chicken warming system, but it also has a full console built into it. Well, not console. It's more of like a small PC, right? Uh, it is able to do supposedly 4K at 240 FPS. It has got the Cooler Masters NC100, a ninth generation Intel mobile chip inside, which is that whenever it says an Intel mobile chip, is that four mobile? System? I think it's like a.
0: It, I think it's like a mini, like if you think of like a mini motherboard kind of thing. You know, okay. Half, half the processing power and speed, probably. It's only meant to power such a yeah. such a big device.
1: Yeah, I I would wager a bet that the the realistic frame rate will not be two forty. It'll be more like eleven to match the herbs and spices in the chicken.
2: <laughs> nice. That's good. <laughs> Uh, And it supposedly has a one terabyte SSD. So that's right on it's Seagate. So that's right on par with the Xbox series X and the Mm -hmm. PS five. And it looks ridiculous. It looks like a bucket, uh, but it's all black. I mean, it looks kind of cool, um, but it's also very silly whenever you see the tray slide out that it actually has a chicken warming Mm -hmm. chamber. On the inside, just in case you're getting a little hungry. Which, who decided to make a warming chamber in a miniature PC?
1: Yeah, the odd part is fast food is generally best eaten immediately. I don't know who said, I'm going to go pick up this chicken and then store it here for later.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to hang on to it. Yeah. Uh, Will you guys be getting the KFC, KF console?
0: I want to say that this is the section again of the show where we ask <laughs> who is this for. Uh, <laughs> I, I will not be purchasing the KF console. I haven't purchased KFC in like over ten years, so mm-hmm. probably probably more uh, than that. So I can't imagine me going out of my way to buy a KF console.
1: I, I'll tell you what: if this thing is more available than the PS5, there will be one. <laughs> And on my entertainment center for sure.
2: Oh, that's right. And I haven't said the price point speculatively. Oh yes. $2,000. What? <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? There's spec- <laughs> Okay. So <laughs> nobody's going to have it. Nobody's yeah. going to have this.
1: No, no. So what, what does this play? Does this play your steam library bit then? or? Yeah. There... From
2: what I'm seeing, it's saying that it does have, uh, a, hold on. Uh, There's no mention of the disk drive in this thing, but it's pretty much just a digital console, digital only console. Uh, Cross-platform compatibility. Okay. Um, I don't understand. It doesn't really say, and we don't know exactly what it can play. It says cross form compatibility, or cross-platform compatibility. (laughs) But I'm not sure if that means Epic and Steam, or if that means Sony and Microsoft, and it can play... Your digital library, which I doubt it. That would be ridiculous.
1: Hmm. I
0: yeah. mean, maybe then it would be worth. I don't even think at that point it's worth two thousand dollars. Nobody no. is paying for this.
1: No, I, I would recommend to parents whose children ask for this for Christmas next year, just buy a Raspberry Pi and duct tape it to a box of chicken. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
2: that would be a good one.
1: Um, it's it's most unfortunate, and this is it's a crazy coincidence that you and I. Preston came up with the same fake article um, because uh, that was number one. I, you and I, we had the same idea. Like, let's yeah. make this same fake idea. And um, so, as to not belabor <laughs> the point, I will just list one other joke that I wrote down for Chicken Theme Gaming, and that's Gravy Sync.
2: Oh, <laughs> Gravy Sync. So, yeah. Is, out of the tray. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's bad. I <laughs> don't know.
1: I have no lead up to that joke. So it's like, well, V Sync gravy sink all right moving on Gravy
2: sink. there you go it
0: sounds like something that nobody will
2: purchase i hope not in my in my head it doesn't sound like i want feasible i want to know if any of their competitors are we going to have like a console war between them and churches like are they going to be coming out with something in comparison isn't
0: social media enough for these places right now they're going to dive into the gaming marketplace just come on
1: I would like to, uh, in their defense, in Fast Food United's defense, uh, this is not unprecedented because I don't know if you guys remember this, but one of the launch titles for the Xbox 360, uh, Burger King had a trio of games that played on both the Xbox and Xbox 360. Yeah. So when the 360 launched and you got tired of Perfect Dark Zero because it was not great, you could play Sneak King and... um, there were there were two other titles I don't remember I think one of them was like a skateboarding or some sort of yeah. extreme sport, but sneaking the, the was great. Writer. Yeah, that game was janky, uh, and I loved it dearly. Especially you could you would sneak up to people's windows and stuff, and you'd have this plate of whoppers and fries and uh, yeah, I, that would, game was great.
0: Can you believe we're unironically talking about these games for the
2: second time in this <laughs> yeah. podcast series?
1: Oh, yeah. that makes yeah. me so happy! <laughs> that's I know. Whenever I finally be... get
2: into speed running, that's going to be my break-in game. Yeah,
0: it's Preston speed-in. said that's going to be his first speed run. It's going to be Sneak King.
1: I would love to see that, and I I want you to run that at some sort of marathon event. Like I want you to break down marathon safe strats for Sneak King. <laughs>
2: that's perfect. Well, Once I finally break into it, that'll be the one. Mm -hmm. All right. We heard from
0: Preston. Rich, let's hear the first of your articles that you've brought with us.
1: Okay. Um, Well, I will just... (laughs) I'm going to skip to my second one for no specific reason. (laughs) Um, But this article comes from GameSpot. And apparently, a very famous YouTuber has gotten Cyberpunk running on his Switch. No. Really? Yes. Uh, There was a loophole in the OS that allowed him to get it running on the Switch
2: via the Stadia software. How do you get the Stadia software on your Switch? Hacky, hack, hack. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, I haven't uh, dug too much into this yet, uh, but it sounds like he was basically able to install like Android OS um, after you know, cracking the, the Switch and, and getting Cyberpunk to run on Stadia uh, on the Nintendo Switch, which from what I hear is a pretty solid version.
2: Yeah, if he's playing the Stadia version of it, then that's pretty dang good. It might mm-hmm. be the only solid version of it, am I right? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah.
1: That's
2: yeah. absolutely right. Uh, that's
0: That's really interesting, but I guess it doesn't surprise me that people are out there cracking and wanting to have it where they want it, you know. It kind of reminds me of a. I think it was a couple of years ago that somebody had put the, um, you know, the oh you're awake cutscene from Skyrim. They had that on their car, the car screen, like <laughs> in the middle of their console. Oh god! Like they had hacked into their, you their know, Tesla. Hyundai or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. had Skyrim playing. Yeah, so people know. are gonna ha- people are gonna play whatever they want to play on whatever version they're. Gonna- want yeah. it for
1: well, especially um, when sony and microsoft are removing it from the digital storefronts
0: yeah
2: Yeah.
0: yep uh sending out refunds full refunds to people who had bought it from the sony store and microsoft store last i heard mm-hmm. uh, because it was just so unplayable on mm-hmm. old consoles i know Preston has said next gen it's felt pretty good yeah, yeah and he has so many problems he has and I quote surprisingly liked it <laughs>
1: uh-huh. yeah but, yeah yeah i I am currently playing on on Series X, and I'm
2: enjoying my time with it. I
1: don't know if you guys want to dive into cyberpunk later, we can certainly do that,
2: yeah, absolutely, and well, and you're at what thirty five forty hours
1: yeah yeah I'm, yeah i'm I'm pretty far in i uh, have been lucky enough to have some time off work uh, with the holidays and such, so I've been putting in some hours.
2: And just going back to the article, I think it's really crazy that uh, it's really cool to know that you can get, I mean, obviously with messing with the uh, internal system, right? But in the software that you can get Stadia on your Switch at all, much less being able to play uh, Cyberpunk on there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really exciting for me to know. And it's, I don't have Stadia currently, but I think I would play Stadia in that iteration.
1: i i'm curious to see i haven't personally played stadia Uh, the only streaming platform that i've tried is ps now and that was maybe a few years ago and the latency was just it made it too difficult to play at least for my personal preference Um, yeah i i don't know how well the streaming platforms are going to take off i think if you have to have a pretty solid internet connection and there's Mm -hmm. still a A large percentage of the population, at least here in the United States, where that's just not an option. People aren't getting a hundred meg dollars. So I don't I don't know how.
2: Yeah, you definitely have to live in a larger city uh, or at least near a larger city in order Mm -hmm. to actually take advantage of uh, any of those streaming services, Mm -hmm. much less Stadia, which I guess in Stadia, what I've heard. And again, we're in Houston, so it's not as big of an issue. Uh, For us, in terms of internet speeds, uh, I've heard that the input lag is minimal, but I do feel like, uh, from what I've seen, xCloud has done a really, really good job, and I can't wait to see if they bring that stuff to console uh, eventually.
1: Yeah, I I have dabbled with xCloud, at least locally. Um, So there's the the remote play functionality on iOS, but you have to be it runs on your local network over Wi-Fi. I've done that. Even playing games like The Witcher, it, it works pretty well. Um, I tried it with the Series X, played some Assassin's Creed. It was pretty good. I, okay. So I guess it depends on what you're playing. If you're playing you know, a twitchy shooter, something like Doom Eternal, it probably isn't ideal. But if you're playing a turn-based RPG, Yeah,
2: whenever you can take your time anyways, right. slow down, then mm-hmm. that input lag becomes negligible completely. Mm-hmm. All right. Awesome. Well, Preston, give us number two. All right. Nintendo and Reggie in the past had to politely decline an offer from Kanye West to create a video game. He apparently approached them many years ago is what they said. They didn't really give a full on description of like exactly the time frame, but he approached them at E3 many years ago and said that he wanted to make a game with Nintendo. Uh, he was experimenting with a piece of video game content, and he wanted reactions to it. And he just says, I want to work with Nintendo. And they had to say, you know what? I think we're going to go other places. And yeah, he Reggie just says, we had to find a way to politely decline this opportunity. And I told him, look, we're difficult to work with. All we do is push for the best content, which I think is a really weird way to tell someone. Mm. We only work and we only make the best. So we're not going to work with you, which is really. uh, Mm. And uh, yeah, so apparently they turned down Kanye West in the past to make a video game. I
1: I heard that Kanye, he snuck up behind Reggie, put his hands on his shoulders and just whispered sweetly into his ears. Mother three.
2: (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what he was working on i'm working on some video game content it's mother three the like yeah it's like I, Kanye went to an e3 <laughs> that's a weird thing too yeah did he just walk through the doors did he have to get a pass i i
1: believe that i mean if if you're somebody that you're just uh that high of influence you have unprecedented access to everything right like Oh, yeah. I mean, he has a bit of a track record of just showing up at places that, he, you know, like when he uh, just appeared on stage with the, the yeah. Grammys. And, uh, yeah, I could, I could see that. Uh, I really want to know what his game idea was. And um, if you guys want to relay this, I would be more than delighted to work with Kanye West.
0: I'm yeah, not well surprised well. Nintendo would say no. I, I i don't know i mean with the amount of money that you i mean kanye it's not like he is this nobody i mean i right. would be really surprised but i guess nintendo uh you know has uh obviously it has origins in japan it's not going to be something that uh you know reggie necessarily gets to decide immediately yeah, yeah reggie is the one that he approached um And obviously, I think that they want a more family-friendly theme anyways, and Kanye is far from
2: (laughs) family-friendly
0: in everything he does. So,
2: And at that point, did he just go, like, okay, so he walks up to the Nintendo booth. Well, and I'm sure it's not even the Nintendo booth. He goes and finds Reggie backstage somewhere. Asks him. Reggie says no. Does he immediately go to Microsoft and Sony, and we just haven't heard that stuff because their CEOs aren't retired currently? Like, did he just go down the line if I've got a video and everyone Mm. said no?
0: I don't think this conversation was simply no and Kanye walked away. I mean, this had to have been at least like a 30, 45 minute conversation of like, here are my ideas. You don't know what you're missing. Mm. You know, I'm Kanye West, (laughs) like all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Uh, I don't think it was simply like, Reggie's like, no, and Kanye's like, all right, Piece like (laughs) deuces leaves the booth
1: i find it i'm sorry go ahead
2: no go ahead you're good
1: i I was just gonna say i find it odd that he would just go directly to reggie where he has infinite resources uh he could just create a publisher and create a development studio and just make it and you know granted that uh that sounds like a lot of work, and maybe in Kanye's mind, you can just go up to whoever you want and get whatever you want.
2: That's true too. Maybe that's yeah. what he's used to, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean when you're worth billions of dollars and...
2: but it has to be a snap of the fingers, sort of for him, right like mm-hmm. create create this publisher and this developer mm-hmm. he just tells his assistant who then makes it happen for him, right like that is a really surprising thing, and it says that he had something currently in development at least that's what he claimed and maybe that it was still in the planning phase or whatever you want to call it and that's what he called development but
1: it, in kanye's events well-known rapper shaquille o'neal uh who was also known for playing basketball did have a video game yeah. and it was stellar
2: it was wonderful <laughs> did you play the uh the remake of that by any chance of shaq fu yeah, Shaq Fu.
1: No, no, it <laughs> looks so comically bad. I did watch some some people streaming
2: it, and I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was a side scroller beat em up, right? Uh, yes. Somebody out there is speed running it. I can guarantee. Oh
1: it. yeah, yeah. Maybe pressing that's where you get started.
2: Yeah, Move. Shaq Fu and Sneak King. Right. Mm. Start with Shaq Fu. Move into Sneak King mm. once I've gotten my feet under me. Yeah,
1: you you can't jump so, like into Mario Three. You have to find where you know I find a, a title that people aren't playing a million times a day.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Rich, give us your next one.
1: Okay, so this article comes from Kotaku, uh, and this is on the heels of the, the Cyberpunk performance issues. Not to pick on Cyberpunk today, but um, Microsoft announced that for Halo Infinite there will be no multiplayer support on the base xbox one
2: yikes really
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a huge deal actually for halo fans i think that's going to that there's going to be a lot of backlash coming out about that
2: that's yeah that's going to be insane so is is it because of performance issues that they're seeing now yeah
1: i think they just have to cut scope and this reminds me a lot of perfect dark when it launched on the n64 if you didn't have the expansion pack, um, you couldn't play uh, the, the majority of the game. Like, I think you could play oh. bots. And I realized that that was, yeah. that was 20 years ago. Um, but I think what we're seeing from a lot of these developers is trying to, f- spending the effort of getting balance between eight years of systems now, between the base Xbox One, which launched in what, 2013, I think. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, then the Xbox One X, which launched in 2017, I think. And now the Series S and X. I, I think that the, the spectrum um, of the technical specs is just too broad. And um, there was some significant backlash when they showed, uh, w- what was the, the live uh, the event? The
2: Infinite, yeah.
1: Yeah. And they showed the gameplay and people were not happy. Um, yeah, so I don't want back them.
2: in development for another year after that, right? Yeah.
1: I, I don't blame them at all for uh, the delay. I, w- I would be fine with them delaying the game for five years if it means that it's good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think they just have to have kind of cut somewhere.
0: I don't understand why all these games, you know, they uh, are in development, they're getting stuff done. And then, you know, they come out and they show what they've worked on. And, you know, it's just like, it's crap. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. Like, I remember uh, I remember watching a YouTube video where they compared the Halo 3 graphics to the Halo Infinite trailer <laughs> graphics. And it was just like, literally, what are the developers doing? Like, it, it's not only like, what are they doing with their time? But then also like, how do they look at that and say, yeah, yeah, we're going to put this in the release trailer and we're going right. to, you know, we're, and we're going to ship it as we've used in previous mm-hmm. episodes. I don't understand like where... I don't know. I just don't get like, because then, yeah, you do have that backlash and then you go back to the, you know, you go back to the old drawing board, you figure it up again. And now they're like, Oh, well, we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to cut bait, you know, and try to figure out
2: what are we doing? And I think a lot of that is like studio pressure, right? Where they were under this pressure to get it out for the series X And before it was really done, but they were just like, yeah, you've got to get it done. You've got to get it done. Um, And it just like with CD Projekt Red, it was like, put it out before the holidays. At least Halo showed it or at least 343 Mm -hmm. showed it off and listened to the backlash early and was able to push it back even more. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I I think Halo 5 really fell short of the mark in terms of what the Playbase wanted from the campaign at least Uh, but 343 has done a phenomenal job with the master chief collection they have put a ton of work into that and if you if you bought it at launch like i did this sucks Um, yeah it's great now and it, it runs fantastically on on series x and i think they i i don't know if the the 120 uh fps mode is in there or not yet but they're working on that but it looks great in 4k and they've added uh, Reach is in there now, and ODST is in there. It's a really good collection, and so I think it's a talented studio. I yeah, I think they just have to take their time with it. Um, if this Halo, if Halo Infinite comes out and is poorly received, it it might be nail in the coffin.
2: I think so too. Um, I mean, with like you were saying, Halo Five, there was already such backlash, and if they're not doing multiplayer on base consoles, if they are, uh, if they drop that ball. There's gonna be um a reckoning i guess uh from the angry angry people out there right mm-hmm. so what is that is that that is their only reason is like they've seen the backlash after their trailer they've seen how poorly things are optimized for the for current games mm-hmm. coming out on last gen um and they're saying it's just just to be safe right
1: yeah, and I think if 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 you're playing on that console, you're expecting some minimum level of of performance and if you're just getting destroyed by people that are playing on series s or series x uh, your experience is going to be completely negative right so i I think that it's going to paint the game in a bad light um and so they're just trying to avoid that
2: that's i mean it's going to be it's uh uh, it's going to be drama and a problem in its own right uh if they Mm -hmm. decide to move forward in that I think with no multiplayer,
0: it might still be the nail in the coffin, even if the graphics and everything look great, because yeah. Halo is like completely built on, I mean, it was built on a great story, but the story has long since faded away, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to be relevant and like worthy to gaming audiences. And uh, yeah, you take away the multiplayer, like the main reason why people buy the Halo games uh Three yeah. four three. I don't know what you're doing. Maybe they go back and look at more stuff for MCC because MCC. I I also have it on PC and it runs great and uh, and I have had no complaints with that game. Uh, and it's awesome and it's great to play all the old games, the mm-hmm. games that got correct. We'll say that. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So and
1: let's not forget that ODST is in there, which eh, wasn't yeah. my favorite, but, yeah, but.
0: true. I will say true on that one, but perfectly
2: passable.
1: (laughs) It's
0: got reach. It's got one, two, three. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Did you see that the 360 servers I think are also being shut down soon? Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's It's time for a lot of people. It's time. (laughs) I I don't think it'll be a hit for a lot of people. I think if you're still trying to play Halo Three matchmaking on your Xbox 360, it's come on, man. It's time to move on.
1: Yeah i I think Microsoft Bungie three four three however you wanna you know group that together A conglomerate uh, yeah. yeah i I think those guys deserve s- significant props for the support that that game has gotten yeah. because look at Nintendo announced that they were shutting down the Mario Maker one, the original the Wii u they were shutting down the online component of that, and that game oh, really yeah. is nowhere near as old, and it's yeah. it's basically been. Uh, replaced by Mario Maker Two on Switch, but it still is missing features that was in the original. So, um, for them to support that game for thirteen, will will be fourteen years is is really something special.
2: Yeah, that's uh, uh, now that you mentioned that, that is a really surprisingly long time to still be building on. Uh, and I wonder how long those the lobbies take uh, to actually find a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be curious to jump back in and check how populated the 360 servers actually are but it is it's good on them for allowing a lot of people missed the xbox one uh generation entirely Mm -hmm. and so still having your 360 and being able to run it is really surprising
1: luke do you know i heard that you could you could still recover your custom content from forge from halo 3 did you try that at all
0: uh so when I I haven't I haven't played MCC on the PC in probably a month and a half so I know that in that time they added for and ODST and I think that they did add some forge support. Uh mm-hmm. I do know that if you had the credentials you could log into your Microsoft account and access things that were in your file share from 2007 when okay. Halo 3 was big. Mm-hmm. Um I was not able to access my Microsoft account. I tried you know, decrypting and breaking open my emails and I just could not find the information I needed. So I had to create a new account. So I can't speak to personally doing that. Um, but I think, I mean, I think if you had access to your old account, you were able to pull up some of those things from years ago and kind of transition them over.
1: Okay. I'll have to try that before they shut the server down.
0: So yeah, it would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, a Halo Infinite, no multiplayer. That's uh, that's definitely a yikers for me. Preston, let's give your last one.
2: I'm going to bring it home with IO Interactive. The creators of Hitman have announced a John Wick game. They are going to be creating a third-person John Wick, obviously shooter uh, in the vein of Hitman, but obviously much more action-oriented rather than stealth-oriented. And I am pumped if they're going to be able to bring in the John Wick franchise and make a really good, like to me, it should be a bullet time style game. And all they've really done is tease this project. They haven't put out gameplay. They haven't put out anything. It should be out. I think the end of next year, obviously Hitman 3 is about to come out. They're going to see that through to its conclusion um, and give that support. And then they'll be, so it probably actually won't even be 2021. Um, I would guess 2022. at the earliest, but a John Wick style uh third person shooter. And I cannot wait. Uh,
0: but Preston, I, Keanu Reeves is already in a video game. How can he possibly <laughs> be in two places at once?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually just gonna be Johnny Silverhand playing John Wick. So uh, it's perfect. Keanu Reeves playing Johnny Silverhand playing John Wick. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah.
1: I like the idea of them just using the same voiceover.
2: <laughs> that just clip clip out some of his stuff.
0: Okay, so yeah. like that's interesting to me because when you normally think of like think of any movie. Now think of the video game that was based off of that movie, yes. right? Movie video games suck. They're terrible. Right. But if uh Hitman the Hitman series, uh uh they have their moments of yeah. brilliance. I'm not gonna say the games are like stellar. Go pick them up now and play them, or they're must plays of the year. Uh, But I mean, they're not a terrible studio. Like they know what they're doing, Uh, and I could see them taking the John Wick series. You said it was a series, or they're just releasing a game?
2: Just a game? So far, they've just announced a game. A John Wick Uh, game. Not going to be a full series, as far as we know. So like, Uh, I could see them creating something.
0: Better than what we think of most movie video games. Yeah. Because it's an actual studio that's like, hey, we can get behind this. Especially if they get the voice cast, like, right, if they get Keanu, if they actually do some of the voice masking and stuff like that that Cyberpunk has done. Um, Yeah, I mean, sounds interesting to me. What do you think, Rich?
1: I I really enjoyed Hitman 1 and 2. Uh, I slept on those games for a long time. Um, and then hitman 2 was added to it was either game pass or it was games with gold i don't remember which but i ended up picking it up kind of in the law um you know the law before the the big fall releases and um they had it was really neat because there was a thing where oh if you owned hitman 2 then you could get hitman 1 as well um i was like well i don't technically own it but it's on game pass and so i guess i do and so i went and downloaded that then said oh if you own hitman 1 all the Hitman 1 levels are available in Hitman 2. So they basically... Really? Yeah. So I don't know if they were remastered versions or what, but... Um, they,
0: du- they double backwards compatibility. Yeah, it,
1: it was weird. Um, and Hitman 2 um, was just phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Splinter Cell is one of my favorite series. And for some reason, uh, Ubisoft has just totally forgotten about that because they're busy yeah. cranking out whatever, you know, whatever. We won't go there, but... Um, <laughs> We uh, will so,
0: go there. I will agree with okay. you, and I will say okay. Splinter, Splinter Cell Chaos Theory was one of the best games on the original Xbox. One yes. of the best. Yes. And I miss Splinter Cell yeah. as a series, but we'll get back into that. The,
1: the into first the thing game. I did with my Xbox Series X was put in Chaos Theory, which yes. I know sounds silly because that game is 13 years old. Such an old game, but it is so yeah. good. Phenomenal. Um, and, and Metal Gear is kind of disappeared and who knows what Kanai was going to do with that license. And I think IOI has really, they have this this uh, uh, spot to shine because um, Hitman 2 is, was really good. And, and I hope Hitman 3 is a, is a commercial success for them. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And it, it would be, if you ask me, what am I looking forward to in 2021? Definitely that game.
2: Nice. And when is, that one's coming out in January? Like it's an early release, right?
1: Ooh, it is an early release. It's definitely Q1. The internet says January 20th. Oh, wow. That's really really early. soon. Very excited.
2: It'll actually be to talk about in January. Order <laughs> one. Yeah, that will be perfect. All right, well, John Wick game. Uh, Which, if you're going to make a third-person shooter video game out of any movie franchise, that's the one I'd to pick, do. I'd be picking John Wick, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I really
0: enjoy the John Wick movies, so yeah. I imagine the video game. You know whether it copies the same plot as the movies or not would be. I think people would pick it up. I think people would be like, like, "I'm I'm gonna give this a shot."
1: So here's here's a thought process on that. Does now if you were to ask me what studio should make a John Wick game, I would not have picked IOI. I would have picked Remedy. I don't know if you guys have played Control or Alan Alan Wake or Quantum Break. But control was so so good, and I'm very much looking forward to. You can say what you want about the practices with the Ultimate Edition and having to pay for it again. Right, right. But I'm going to be part of the problem because I will be paying for that game yeah. again to play it on Series and X. And again,
2: as the original creators of like Max Payne, they are perfect to take on the John Wick franchise. You're you're absolutely right, uh, and that's what I mean. I really hope that they pull in that bullet time style action because Mm -hmm. that's exactly what a john wick game in my mind would incorporate uh so hopefully ioi takes some notes from uh remedy
0: i gotta remind myself to pick up control on steam while the steam winter sale is going on because i've wanted to play control for a while now so
1: it's so good it was uh i don't spend i feel like i play too many games like i i i hey, said yeah where it's I, like i uh, games boom, boom 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 you know and i i don't often sit down and, and finish a game um yeah. and control was one of those like i am going to sit here and do all of this content and 100 percent the game get all the trophies whatever um achievements and um i haven't gone back to the dlc but i definitely want to um once the ultimate edition comes out or at least yeah. the the next gen version with hopefully ray tracing in 60 FPS because the performance on one X was a little chunky, but if you're playing on PC, um, I would imagine it'd be much better.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, because Rich's third, first article was all, Oh, wait,
1: he has a
0: bonus. I don't (laughs) know.
1: I do. Yes. I have a backup just in case this happened. Oh, that's
0: perfect. Here we go.
1: You are not going to believe this, but you absolutely should because this is 100% true. But KFC made other news. There is actually going to be a companion, a companion piece to this KFC console. Uh, there's going to be a Lifetime movie in which Mario Lopez oh, from yeah. Saved by the Bell is starring as Colonel Sanders.
0: Wait, what?
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? Yes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> my wife and I have recently gotten into the habit of watching bad Lifetime movies, especially oh, Lord. Yeah. and I am so pumped for this one.
1: The title of this film is called "A Recipe for Seduction." AC Slater is Colonel Sanders. Who you know? How sometimes you see a movie and it's based on like a real life person. You're like, yeah, that actor or actress is far too attractive for this role. <laughs>
0: Colonel Sanders, yeah, Yeah,
1: Mario Lopez definitely is fits it. Cur- that.
0: Is, it cur- is it young Colonel Sanders? It's like <laughs> Colonel Sanders in his thirties, like I you look a guy think so. who creates the famous recipe, and now yeah,
1: I saw the trailer, but I was laughing too hard the whole time to retain any of the information. I mean, <laughs> the
0: trailer for it. KFC is pulling their punches. Twenty twenty one is the year of KFC.
2: That's right. That's incredible. <laughs> That's. I'm- I'm really looking forward to that, especially if it just comes straight to streaming. Because there's no way I'm going to pay to watch it, but I will watch it if it's free. <laughs>
0: straight yeah. to DVD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the release, or straight you can to only Netflix. get it
2: at Walmart Bargain.
0: Netflix yet. will pick it up. <laughs> Netflix will pick it up.
1: Yeah, isn't that kind of funny? Because back in the '90s, like direct-to-video was just such a. It had like a bad connotation. Like, well, it must suck if it's not in theaters. Yeah. But now, if it's like a Netflix original, you're like, ooh. <laughs> Yeah. All right.
2: Yeah. yeah. Straight to streaming.
1: Mm-hmm. Straight yeah. To streaming. I'm looking. Yeah. This is yeah. Lifetime original mini movie. Um, I don't know if it will make its way to other uh, other outlets or whatever, but some of the screenshots on here, oh, KFC opened an island in Animal Crossing that included a virtual restaurant that had a dating simulator inside of it.
2: <laughs> they are on a roll. <laughs> Uh, and they right. did that, like, that dating sim last year, right? Where sometime last year, where you could try to date, you could date uh, Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. Yeah. I think
0: I remember this. I remember yeah. seeing the screenshots. It was screenshots. like a young yeah.
2: anime version of yeah. Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Uh, that's one to go back to, for sure.
1: <laughs> okay, I got to stop looking at these screenshots. Or I'm going to lose focus here.
0: Sweet. All right. Well, thank God you had a backup, Rich. Good mm-hmm. thinking. My man. All right. So to recap, let's go over the news articles that we have just heard from our two lovely gentlemen. Uh, Prestons, three articles. We had one about the KF console, your chicken warmers included with your game console. Super Thank exciting. You. Uh, can't wait to play on it. Matt. Uh, we've got Kanye approaching Reggie at E3 and Developing a game possibly with Nintendo and Nintendo shutting him down. Rejection.
2: Unfortunately. They're um missing
0: and lastly, we have the John Wick series comes to a video game console near you, maybe. Possibly. Yes. In 2022.
1: So am I guessing which one is well so now? I'm mean- gonna
0: recap your articles, Rich. Okay, so for I'm you, fine. we've got we've got Rich's articles, we've got Cyberpunk being hacked and put onto the Switch and running very well on the next-gen console. Thank God for that. Luckily, lucky for the hacker. Uh, we've got Halo Infinite deciding to cut multiplayer in order to uh, get the game out on time and possibly focus their focus, their, uh, focus on the game, I guess. Focus their focus. <laughs> I'm really good at this. And lastly, we've got the Lifetime... KFC movie, Mario Lopez, Saved by the Bell, Colonel Sanders, you hunk of a man, will you save us and our next holiday season? Uh, All right. And uh, I'm going to decide that, yeah, Rich, you are our newcomer. You are the challenger to the scene, even though Preston is definitely not the champion. And uh, we're going to have you decide which one of those do you think is false and how much money are you willing to wager?
1: Well, Preston, I have some bad news for you because uh, I, swear. I know exactly which one is false and I would be uh. willing to wager quite a bit because IOI did not acquire the John Wick license. They acquired the James Bond Yes,
2: license. you and jerk. You know,
1: while Kanye felt, I was like, that seems so stupid, the Kanye one, but
2: stupid enough to, to be real. Um, that's that's my problem every episode.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the the John Wick one is incredibly believable. Yeah.
2: As soon as you said that you were a big fan of Hitman, I was like, "Well, there goes my." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there goes and my it's my over.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: I will hopefully, Preston. Rich doesn't scalp you for too much.
2: Oh yeah, you never put a, he you didn't place a bet. So twenty five hundred dollars. Oh. oh yeah. And it's over. I'll buy you the KF gonna, console.
0: <laughs> there you go, perfect. <laughs> we'll call it so, even. So fair trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Preston. Out of richest three articles, wager and decision. Wager and decision. Or do you uh, want do you want me to go first? Yeah. You want me to you give you my opinion? Go. How about I give you my opinion so that you can use my intel as well to make your decision? I'll try to keep yeah. you from losing too much money. Um. All right. So, I I definitely think the Cyberpunk on the Switch that sounds real to me. Uh, I think people were super hyped about Cyberpunk. Uh. It completely makes sense to me that somebody who didn't have an next general console or a way to play it was like, screw that. I'm going to get it on my Switch. And they did it, and it probably ran just fine. That sounds believable to me. Uh, the KFC movie, it sounds just stupid enough to be real, and I love articles that do that. Yeah. Halo Infinite cutting multiplayer. I feel like that is just such a knife in the back for their fan base and their audience that I would be so surprised if that was real but it also does sound believable so I'm having I'm having a lot of difficulty making this decision because I definitely think all three of them could be real could be the real deal and easily any of them could just have something you know a small little change to be false to be fake um yeah. what do you think Preston like what I do you I think
2: I'm going to say $2500 oh uh, god on the Halo Infinite multiplayer one, that would be huge news if that was true. I'm gonna match your match your uh, bet back.
0: I right. I I'm thinking I might double down with you, Preston. Uh, and I'm also gonna bet that I, I think I think Microsoft would be insane to cut multiplayer from a Halo game. Yeah. So I'm gonna say I think that one is also fake.
1: Well, you are both correct. Nice. Um, I was hoping that if I if I slip in the well, only on the base Xbox yeah. One. Yeah. You know, I thought like that that might you know, um, but no, very very good. And yeah, the cyberpunk thing is legit. A guy hacked his um, he basically installed some homebrew software on his Switch so he could run Android OS, and then he ran Stadia through the browser. And then, um, yeah, my original article was also the stupid KFC console. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I
0: still can't believe that one's real. That one is just so, that's so out there.
1: This, but the thing that I love most about the KFC console is that last year, uh, I think both Atari and Intellivision, if you guys are old enough to remember those names, oh, yeah. Announced that they were they were gonna get in on like the the mini console craze or whatever similar to the the mini SNES or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and I think the like they had was it the Atari VCS I think is what they were gonna call it um, I don't even know if it's out but it had a huge price tag on it too like who's gonna buy this like I would I would buy the mini Atari if it was like twenty five bucks
2: yeah, yeah yeah you know
1: um, but yeah so the fact that uh, KFC is like yeah hey, we can do that too.
2: Which and I, I like okay, if it hits 4K 240 FPS, then the $2,000 price tag might be all right. But who <laughs> the heck needs a warming chamber for their PC? It's the worst idea that you want to heat up your PC more. Mm-hmm. And I, uh,
1: yeah, I agree. And uh, Luke, you might be able to back me up here, but when I saw that it was for warming food, the first thing I thought of was cosmic eating pizza while playing smb yeah
0: <laughs> absolutely
2: it definitely makes the most sense mm-hmm. speaking of which i wonder if that warming chamber actually has any warming coils or if they just if it's just your pc fan <laughs> it's just pure <laughs> exhaust
0: it yeah. looked like it was a tray it looked like yeah. it was a legit like metal tray that you know could warm up uh,
2: it's so gross
0: all right. Well, luckily for Preston, he was able to break even this episode and he doesn't <laughs> owe anybody money. So yes. congratulations, Preston. Uh, you didn't lose this week. Uh, I am now on a roll. I have now guessed correctly, like three weeks in a row. So yeah, whatever. You know? I'm ready to go. So that's awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us for the news article section. We're going to be transitioning into uh, an interview with Rich, uh, creator of Opposwitch here right after our break as well as several other neat uh, games section news, things that are coming up, things we're excited for. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Thank you for listening. Uh, we've got Preston on the line. He's oh, wow. going to be talking a little bit to Rich about Switch and about the development of the game. So
2: Preston, go ahead, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I'm excited to have you on here. Uh, I've been playing some Switch, and I am at like level 40, I believe at this point. Um, And you gave us your quick pitch earlier. It is very much a puzzle game Mm. built around uh, switching, right? Uh, What was your approach to um, like the idea of accessibility and allowing people to come in and understand almost immediately how this game is played.
1: Um, yeah, well, the design approach was very much like in my mind. The game was always a, a 16-bit Super Nintendo game when I was building it. And to think of the puzzle games that were out at the time, they weren't they weren't complicated, like overly complicated. They were they were very easy to learn but very difficult to master. Right in that sense and. something like um tetris or puyo puyo is you know match things up clear the lines erase the colors even something like bejeweled or or hexic i I was a huge fan of hexic um which was a which was a 360 um xbox live arcade game um Mm -hmm. you know and and that was a match match three i think it was um you know where you're just kind of like rotating the different pieces but it it's one of those things that it's easier to just play and then it clicks and then it builds upon itself. And so that was, that was very much the approach was I want, I I want the the level design to try to walk the the player through what's happening without having to explain it to them. That's why I made the joke earlier about, well, I didn't really want to write the tutorial because it's, it's difficult to describe, like even the elevator pitch for the game itself is, is difficult to do. I think it's just one of those, you see it or you play it. Like, Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, um, I, you know, I I think to to take a game like a more recent puzzle game, um, like the witness that Jonathan, that Jonathan Blow worked on, um, that game tells you nothing. It just dumps you in this open world. And there's this greater lore around all these puzzles, but you don't even realize at first that like, oh, there's these different, um, there's these different, I don't know, terminals that have a puzzle on them. And Mm -hmm. you need to solve that puzzle to unlock a door or, whatever whatever action that takes but the game never explains to you what you need to do with that puzzle it just teaches you through the simplicity and the way that it slowly builds up um and it effectively builds its own language um it might it might be difficult for someone who's never played video games i think a game like the witness says okay we assume that you have played right video games for 10 15 30 years whatever like um like he had so um, it, it kind of leans into that like people have this like video game intuition you know like when you pick up like an open world rpg if you've uh-huh. played one you kind of know what to expect. You know the
2: language yeah exactly
1: <laughs> and so i was trying to lean into that a little bit
2: yeah and i think um, it does a really good job of uh getting that across again immediately like you're talking about with video game language it's the first level is a box and you click it well it's a pattern right and you click that center box because you just Instinctively, you should kind of know this is the one to click. Um, and I really like the way that you have designed it around it'll count up uh, your mistakes, but you can always swap back, um, and undo the mistake that you made previously. Yeah, um, was there any you know, it, like you have a par, uh, for how many moves it might take or how many moves you can get it done in, mm-hmm. I guess. But it doesn't punish you if you take a thousand more moves uh, than what is par. How did that decision come about that you decided?
1: Um, I think puzzle games that have a fail state are frustrating. Yeah. There you go. Um, where you can't recover from it and you effectively have to start over, start to level over. And, and I didn't want that to be the case. Um, so every puzzle in Opposwitch absolutely has a solution. And there is no move or any number of moves you can make to put yourself in a failable state. You might make it more harder for yourself. Um, like, mm-hmm. let's say, let's say the solution is three moves and you make four, four wrong moves along the way. And you're like, I don't know how to get back. You can always walk yourself backwards. Cause like you said, each tile is either on or off. So you can repeat any move and undo perfectly what you just did. And, a lot of puzzle games don't really have that mechanic. Um, so Tetris, if you block your hole, you know, yeah. well, I was going to put my line there. Well, now you can undo it, but you have to build back up to clear that line. Um, right. And you you can't, um, you don't have to worry about that, that type of thing in Office Switch. Um, and that was, that was something that I wanted, because I think that helps with the, the difficulty because the it's more, it's log- like a logical puzzle rather than it's not, it's not a reaction like you can't brute force your way through it or, yeah. or or whatever and so i didn't want to punish the player for making what could potentially be a mistake like mm-hmm. okay undo it and kind of think about it um i don't know if you guys played baba is you um which no, i played I've on heard a lot about it but i, I played on switch let's say earlier this year or last year phenomenal phenomenal puzzle game but it's very much that like you have to think your way through puzzles um but you can fail um, you can you can make a move that puts yourself in an unsolvable state and you have to start over. Um, okay. And that was, that was kind of frustrating. But that's not to say that that's a bad decision. That's just a design choice that the developer
2: yeah. made. And I think you have methods that, again, you've got the par um, mm-hmm. and you have a timer, right? Mm-hmm. So you have ways that push the player to do the best that they can on a level. Um, so while I might... Get something done in ten moves, uh, and the par is six. Then I'm mm. going to go back to that level, and really try to work my way through it in order to uh, to hit that par.
1: Yeah, the par was definitely to to give you some hint, right? Like if you see a par score, you're looking at a design yeah. that it looks maybe you're like this is the, how am I going to solve this? But if the par is three, you're like, okay, maybe I have to change my approach. So <clears throat> some of the some of the puzzles you want to focus on turning off lights that are on like yeah. the like the red is the red uh pattern is, is in a plus shape um so it's up down left right and then the center and then when you turn the center on it turns those other four off um, and then so some puzzles you want to focus on the lights that are on and then turning them off but then in other puzzles um you want to focus on lights that are off and turning them on because what they're around you know they, yeah. you're kind of like bringing the lights closer together
2: yeah i think that was a big click for me um was i continually was thinking turn them off turn them off turn them off and sometimes you do have to activate some in order to make that pattern uh what's the like removable right you've Mm -hmm. got it it's okay to turn on some of the switches in order to then turn around and be able to turn them off easier
1: right and the par was kind of that hint um yeah, because like we talked about earlier it's more of like the game language is trying to convey to you what you what you need to do and the par with that clue
2: whenever so I have gotten on level 12 specifically has gotten me so frustrated um, in that in a good way uh, where every other level I'm you know under 10 about uh, either 10 or under in mm-hmm. terms of my amount of moves and level twelve, for some reason I cannot figure out. Have you seen uh, whenever you put this out, and have you seen people bounce off of it in any way due to the difficulty, or are people really like diving in because of uh, the uh, some of the difficulty of some of these levels? And again, um, for me, that's like a driving factor of I'm going to break
1: it down. It's uh, that's a good question. It 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 feels like it has kind of gone one way or another. Um, I've gotten feedback where people go yeah, I don't get it, or this is too hard. And it's because the game doesn't hold your hand and it doesn't walk. like, there's no there's no tutorials in the sense of, like, move here, now move here, yeah. now move here. Like, it doesn't do that step-by-step tutorial. It, it's more of the, as you go through and more complexity is introduced, um, I try to, and every time a new concept is introduced, I try to do it very simply.
2: Um, yeah.
1: And so kind of what I've heard from people is, like, I don't get it. Um, or this is really cool, uh, unique and, and it kind of clicks. And I think that's, um, it's just, uh, something that you have to play or like, you have to realize how it's going to make sense in your brain. Cause uh-huh. I think for me to just explain it to you, like even, you know, I've had a lot of people kind of play test it or whatever, you know, um, or just like sitting with somebody, you know, virtually. And just like sharing the screen with them and watching them play. And it's like, okay, I made the game and I'm trying to explain it to you. And it's like, okay, how would how this makes sense in my brain isn't necessarily going to make sense in your brain. So yeah. you have to discover that for yourself. Um and I think once it once that does click, um, it gets easier from there.
2: And have you seen uh in terms of those people that are bouncing off or sticking with it, do you notice like being a developer yourself um and working around developers? Have you seen that it is a left brain right brain thing for the people that really attach onto it? Are these (laughs) other developers way more into it because it Uh, sort of scratches that itch? I
1: think so. It does kind of feel like that, and um, the so like I kind of walk the line. So um, in my full like my day job, so to speak, um, when I'm not working on games, I um, am a UI developer. So I write the code for the things that the user can see and interact with. So it's kind of like this mix of engineering and design and, um, you know, design from like an art aspect. Um, so you know, I kind of am in the middle there. So the people that are like backend database people, I can talk the talk there. And then people that are really good at like Photoshop and illustrator and, and movie editing, I can talk the talk there. Um, and yeah, it's definitely, it does seem like the more the developer side, um, kind of clicks a little bit more. Um, even our design guy, so Justin Luddington, who is a uh, colleague of mine who is a phenomenal artist and uh, great design and um, uh, he he struggled um, with some of the puzzles at, up up front you know like I, I gave him I gave him a very rudimentary build with like you know it lacked any elegance he said here's the, here's the game concept like you know help me make this look good. And you know he, he'd be like i'm a, I'm stuck on, on level two. Yeah. You're like, stuck on level two. You know, in my mind, I'm like, yeah. what? Like he's a very he's a very, very smart man. Yeah. am um, yeah. like, what are you what are you doing? And he showed, you know, like, let's share screens. And he was trying to solve the puzzle backwards. Like he was trying oh. to turn everything on instead of turning everything off. Makes I'm like, sense. oh well, I guess nowhere, you know, cause this is like in the early stages. Like, I guess I never explicitly said, Hey, this is the objective <laughs> of the puzzle. Um, and then once I did that, he's like, Oh, duh! <laughs> you know, uh, and it's funny because I had several people come back to me and say they're like, "I I can't get past level one," and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, you're doing it backwards."
2: Yeah, just trying to turn everything all, and that's such a weird. And again, I guess we're talking about video game language, right? Where it's mm-hmm. if you're coming into a game and you maybe don't normally play puzzle games, you don't know mm-hmm. like if there's. A focal point you click on the focal mm-hmm. point first before you click on anything else um
1: yeah yeah and
2: that just comes with experience i guess mm-hmm. uh in general
1: yeah uh, gaming it, it was difficult to gauge uh difficulty of the puzzles because when you spend so much time with it um and i'm sure this is true for every developer who's you know your own game you know it inside and out and you know exactly like I'm sitting here with the teachers edition, right? Like I, I made all the yeah. puzzles, so I know what the solutions are. It's like, ah uh, yeah, there's the trick there, but uh, if you think about it, it's pretty obvious. Um, and so it was hard to gauge, you know, how hard is this puzzle? Um because yeah. I'm looking right here at the solution, like boop, 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 boop. I'm like, oh yeah, that was kind of cute, wasn't that clever? And then some, you know, to see people get stuck on certain levels, it's like, no, oh, well, okay, maybe this is too hard or maybe this is too easy.
2: Yeah, and I think some of our uh, community questions or one of our community questions in particular is going to kind of come back on that idea, um, which we'll get to in a second. But did you, uh, who was your music composer?
1: Um, The music was done by a friend of mine. Uh, His name is Ben Furman. He is uh, in my band. Um, So I'm in a band and I, I play guitar and we do a lot of whatever Jazz, rock, kind of all over the place, but he's a um, he's a music professor, um, very skilled in digital composition. So I reached out to him and asked him, said, "Hey, uh, would you be willing to do the music for this?" And he's also a gamer, so he was like, "Yeah, I would love to." It's like you know, because if I do something, it's going to sound like some you know heavy rock song. Like yeah. I don't, I don't want like some insane Van Halen guitar riff in this. You right. know, like I want fun, upbeat. You know, uh, like I said earlier, like sixteen-bit Super Nintendo. That's that's
2: kind of what I'm picturing. Yeah, and so and it uh, sets. A, he he did a wonderful job backing sort of the gameplay because it does set a a relaxing tone um, mm-hmm. that is still engaging, and mm-hmm. it is a, a nice uh, what is the word atmospheric sort of feel to it that perfectly mirrors those old sixteen bit uh, yeah Super Nintendo games, and it's calming whenever you do start to get frustrated with a puzzle. The music is there to support you and chill you out a little bit.
1: Yeah, that's uh, I appreciate that, and I will definitely pass that feedback along. And I think um, you know, older games, um, you're gonna when you're gonna play them, and they have that 30 second, 60 second loop or whatever. Uh, yeah. You want it to be catchy, and you want it to get stuck in your head. So if after you're done playing *Aqua Switch*, if you're still humming the tune in your brain, you know, and the, like the music's the thing that suck with you. Cool. Maybe that'll suck you right back into playing yeah. the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've, I was really pleased with, with how the, the music and the
2: sound turned out. Um, whenever you were, so Opa Switch currently is only going to be on, or it's only on Xbox. Uh, and did you want to, I wanted to invite you to like walk through the system of how to find Appa Switch. And I know that we had talked about the indie program, right, uh, on Xbox, and how? Yeah, you know, so we can
1: we can start there. So, um, I developed the game through a program called the Xbox Live Creators Program, um, and when I was starting, I'll I'll get into more of what that is in a minute. But when I was starting to build the game, when I got to the point of like, I'm going to do this for real. I actually want to publish this on a platform other than a web browser because that was um, I you know dabbled in making games for the web for like the last five or six years said i'm i'm gonna make a game for consoles um and so i was doing research into um nintendo and sony and microsoft and um seeing what you know what is what's going to be the lowest barrier to entry in terms of getting this thing out there um and then i came across microsoft's program it's called yeah xbox live Creators program um the things that it had really had going for it was you could do it as an individual. Um, you didn't have to get your concept approved by Microsoft. Um, and you could use your own hardware as a dev kit. So I didn't have to go buy another special piece of hardware. I was able to just install this dev app on my Xbox One at the time, and Series X now, um, to test the game. And that was great. It cost 20 bucks for the licensing and the application. Um, so I was more than willing to do that. Um, so that, to me, that was, that was a huge win. The big trade-off for that program is that you don't get shelf space in a, in a digital sense. So like, if you go to, you know, new releases in the Xbox store, you won't see like Microsoft doesn't promote your game for you effectively. Um, so you're, you're in the store, but they're not going to say, Hey, if you liked Hades, you should totally buy the Apple switch. Right. Um, which, because um, the the next tier from an indie standpoint is called the ID at Xbox program, yeah, and that's yeah. that's what you're going to see when Microsofts at E3 are doing their special events. Those are the games they're promoting, um, and so you have there's a little bit more to get into that program. And that's that's my my one of my goals for 2021 is to get into there.
2: And so, are you also in addition to trying to get into ID at Xbox, are you also um, looking into other platforms? Have you been i'm
1: I'm kind of on the fence i I do think i I would like to to do the idea at Xbox program because um, I would be able to do more with the game in terms of like mm-hmm. online functionality like leaderboards i I would love to do leaderboards so when you beat that par yeah. score you have that fast time you can see what your friends you know what the, what their scores are and that's a pretty fundamental feature to any Xbox Live game especially puzzle games absolutely um, but um i I would like to do um, other platforms as well, especially since the game is effectively it's done. I mean, there are things that I want to add to it, but there's yeah. nothing that would stop me from taking this version of Opa Switch and, and putting it on uh, PS4 or 5 or, or Nintendo Switch. Um, I think um, Nintendo has a lot of red tape, um, which I found to be kind of funny, given some of the yeah. shovelware that is in the yeah. Switch shop. Um, there are a few games that come to mind whose names I won't mention on here. I don't want to. I don't want to pick on any developer, but there are a couple of games where the objective of the game is rather absurd. Um, yeah. And you know, I just I'm like, how is this on the shop? And how is this? You know, th- my nephew has a Nintendo Switch. I don't want him playing this game. Right. You know, stuff like that
2: through and, their red tape. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so, uh, I think I think it was hard. From what I saw, it was difficult with Nintendo when you have no, when you don't have an existing catalog already. Because when you yeah. when you apply to get licensing for Nintendo, it's what games have you already made? Where have you published? Hmm. Um, and so when I, I did have that conversation with them the first time, it's like, well, you don't have any published games anywhere. So okay, well,
2: you yeah. know, how
1: do how do you apply for credit if you don't have any credit?
2: You <laughs> know, it's right. kind of like that. Um, the, the work experience conundrum yeah or, yeah, right? yeah yeah
1: why does this entry-level job require five years of experience right um so yeah i'm hoping that now that i got my foot in the door on xbox that um i would love to i would love to bring it to the nintendo switch and, and playstation and and i have gotten feedback of like you know this could be a mobile game you know yeah. I, could, I could play this on touch screen this doesn't require a controller and I would definitely love to do that, too. Um, I was sticking to consoles at first, because that's what I like to play. Um, I'm not much of a PC gamer, and I don't really play mobile games. Um, but uh, yeah, the, also, I think the version that I have right now on Xbox translates so much. It's going to translate easily to other consoles, because yeah. it's driven around the, like that type of screen layout and that control scheme, as opposed to, like, well, if I go to iOS or Android, that's a significant chunk of work to redo the layout and the controls and yep. the way that the, the screen works. So,
2: Yeah. And I could, I, I, I do think that it would make an excellent uh, mobile game um, and in terms of the uh, the touch, but I can only imagine again, being a one man team and you've got help with the design and the music, mm-hmm. but really all the programming is um, that end stuff is really on you in order to develop and to get yeah. it right.
1: Right. Yeah. And that, that is one of the things like, you know, my full-time job is also as a programmer. So you spend time writing code, solving problems throughout the day. And then at night it's like, okay, well, do I really want to jump right back into this? And so there was the, okay, I'm going to limit my features so that I can focus on getting this done and getting something that I'm proud of available for people to play and then add to it. So I definitely have ideas in mind for add on content or DLC or whatever you want to look at it. but, you know, in software development, this is true for like any project you do, you know, regardless of what it is, the The beginning of it is so much fun, where you're just coming up with the ideas of, you know, I would imagine it's, it's the same thing, with like when you're starting a podcast, and you're like, "Oh, I've got these ideas of these topics, and this will be fun. And then when the rubber hits the road, you're like, okay, I need mics, and I need pop filters, and we need networking. And now I actually have to host this somewhere, like, okay, I've done this, and now I have to get this People yep. need to be able to listen to it, um, and when you're getting to that point and you are the only one that can fix it, you're like, oh "Man, if you hit, you know, if you hit B when the start menu's up, it clears the board or something." You're just like, "This is dumb, but I have to fix yep. this because this I cannot ship this game this way, and right. um, there's nobody else to do it." Um, but it's it it's kind of one of those things where it was a fun side project and then it starts to turn into the it starts to feel like a job.
2: Yes. You know. yeah. And uh, I actually, that segues really well into our community questions. So what we did is we reached out uh, to uh, friends of the show uh, in the community and uh, the MinMax Discord specifically yeah. Um, yeah, great. great, and to get some questions from people. Uh, and our, the first one was from David Stambaugh asking, uh, mm-hmm. at what stage of development did you really realize or decide like, this is going to make it all the way? I'm going all the way through it. Was it from the beginning, did you hit those roadblocks? Say, I'm done, and then come back to it a month later.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a that's a fun question. So, being a web developer, I started the prototype like as a browser game, and I worked okay. on it for maybe a couple hours and got a really rough sense of like, oh, this is kind of what I think the the core mechanics are the puzzle of. And I I did that. I was like, yeah, this this works and. I published it. I published it on my personal website and sent the link out to a few people. I was like, "What do you think of this?" And people were like, "This is pretty fun." Nice. Um, yeah. And I was like, "This feels like a, if I could build on top of this, this, this feels like enough substance to be an actual game." Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to work on my own IP, and I it's kind of been on my developer bucket list to actually publish a game. Um, so it was maybe only a couple hours into the development, it was like. I'm going to do this for real, so I'm going to stop working on this as a web, you know, web-based thing, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to try to get this running in some PC engine or whatever. Um, and I ended up using Unity, the Unity engine, because it was okay. um, it was free. Um, very, <laughs> when I say very easy to use, I mean if you're an experienced developer, it was very easy to use. Yeah, if you yeah. have never written a line of code before, the onboarding I'm sure is very intimidating um but yeah it was very early on in the process um and i think the unique situation of 2020 with people being stuck at home um yeah i was you know i it was lucky enough to have the evenings uh, have free time in the evenings and, and working from home and stuff so it was like okay i don't need to sacrifice anything financially to do this i'm just going to spend my free time on it um
2: so Did you, uh, uh, I guess our our second one was about the coding software from Bryce Culberth asking, what uh, coding software did you use? And of course, you said Unity, right?
1: Yeah, I I picked the Unity engine. Um, It's often the butt of jokes in in the developer realms. But Unity is, I loved my experience with it. Um, It was, as a personal, like a solo developer, um, basically in a non-professional sense, it was free to use, and then they have certain caps where it's like, well, as long as you're making under X amount of dollars, you don't have to pay any licensing.
2: Okay. Yeah, so
1: if you were Electronic Arts, they would obviously have to pay a good chunk of money to, to use it or, yeah. or something like that. So um, I, had picked, I chose uh, Unity over something like Unreal or um, whatever, just because I was looking for the easiest things to um, be able to ship to consoles and after looking at the documentation of having a game built in unity and being able to, not to oversimplify, but file, save as Xbox one yeah. you know, That uh, seemed to be, uh, pretty straightforward. So and they have some really good, like, Oh, here's this, you know, starter game, like go make this tic-tac-toe game or whatever. Oh,
2: okay, cool. You know,
1: they, there's example projects of like, hey, this is how you get this running on. on the
2: old console. hello world, uh, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The hello world, which, uh, Which they have like the it's like a board and then there's a marble on the board and then you rotate the board. It's basically like if you picture something like Marble Madness, but the the simplest version of it. That.
2: Oh, that's pretty cool. And so I will like walk you through making that and Mm developing. Yeah, uh, that'll be pretty fun, especially if it's it's free for people to use. If you're not really going to be making uh, a bunch of money off of it, uh, which is really really awesome for them to provide that.
1: Yeah, and then you can buy you can buy a professional version if you want. And if you, are you know, if you catch lightning in a bottle and your game sells a million copies, then you just pay licensing fees to Unity.
2: Uh, and I guess that would actually go with Sean Lynch's question uh, of what all goes into the price point. I know yours is at a very reasonable four ninety nine. Um, I really appreciated that whenever mm-hmm. I went in to buy it. Uh, what all? I mean, obviously development time um, and your own. Uh, efforts into it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Are a big factor, but what made you decide 4.99 versus 19.99 or 1.99? Or-
1: sure. One factor was this wasn't my full time job. I w- you know, I didn't, I didn't quit my my, you know, my my real gig, quote unquote, and you know, ask my parents to mortgage their home. Like some, like you hear some of these horror stories from other indie developers. I don't know if you saw the the indie game movie, yeah. uh, with like Fez and and uh, Super Meat Boy. And just yeah. what some of those developers go through is just horrible, because they're focused on making ends meet and putting food on the table while trying to get their game out the door. Um, and I didn't want to put myself or my family in that situation. So it's like, OK, I'm just going to do this in evenings in my free time. And if I write code all day, whatever. There are far worse things to be doing. Um, so that was part of it. Um, the second was I wanted people to, to play it. Like, I, you know, I wasn't going to overcharge for this game, and this was just kind of my getting my feet wet. And I, you know, I want to continue with game development, so I have other ideas for games, or maybe this leads into working for a larger studio. And so let's just get this thing out there and, and get it in people's hands. And then also, I did um, the other people that helped with the game. I did compensate them for their time, so I wanted to, to try to try to recoup um, some of that. So I I wasn't concerned about me personally. It was like, well. I want to pay them. And so if I charge something for the game, then, you know, I'm not just digging myself a large hole. Um, yeah. Cause I don't, I don't want them. I don't want to ask them to sacrifice a bunch of their
2: time as well. My, our last community question, this comes from a friend of the show, uh, Greg Griffith, the host of level zero. Mm-hmm. And he asked, and it's, it may seem like a silly question, but I immediately was like, I've always wondered that too. Have you ever developed a puzzle that you couldn't, solve whatever you were playing the game like but beyond bugs or any issues like you actually made a puzzle put it in there and then realized wait I've lost it like I, I'm not really sure
1: 100% here oh absolutely yeah really yeah, <laughs> absolutely yeah so um here I'll uh I'll give you guys a little a little peek on the inside how the sausage is made here the easiest way to make a puzzle um is you simply You know, you can, there's more thought that went into these than this, but you could take a blank screen, you know, you design, you do your layout, whatever, like, okay, I'm going to do some greens and blues and reds and make a cool pattern. You're like, I'm going to click eight random squares. The solution is those eight squares in the opposite order. Okay. Right. So that was kind of one of the things of like, you can't ever fail. So that, that played into making it easier to create puzzles so in terms of trying to create a puzzle that looks cool or um you know kind of catches the eye um that was part of it so when i was going through and making the puzzles i would kind of just click around until i got something that looked kind of neat or it's like oh if i just click this thing in a spiral going out it'll end up in a really cool pattern but no one's going to look at that and go oh the solution is just a spiral oh yeah you know kind of like that but so that's I, so a lot of the the solutions I had memorized because I look at that and go, oh yeah, I went to the four corners. I made a plus sign. I wrote an R. You know, it's something like that. And so, you know, people are like, how did you solve that puzzle in in you know ten seconds? I'm like, oh, I didn't even look at it. I just know what ten squares to click.
2: Right, right. Um, right. That, but the, not, in the pattern is mm-hmm. programmed it on your end. You just know yeah. where.
1: Yeah, but this, but um there are definitely puzzles later in the game where I'm like, oh man, I know I. I did something clever here, and I don't know, like I'm down to one square and you can't just shut off one square. Uh, man, what did I do? There's also a randomizer. So you can kind of adjust the difficulty and it will randomly generate puzzles based on what pieces or shapes you like to play oh. with. Um, those can get tricky.
2: Yeah. And is that one of those, like, just with RNG? I, well, that's not really the, I guess, right phrase for that. But the randomness of it, uh, or do you have limitations on that randomizer? It's not—it's not one hundred percent random, right? Because then you would.
1: Um, no, it's yeah, it's it's totally random within certain parameters. Where you can say so, there's three primary colors: uh, red, green, and blue. And then you can you can pick which ones you want to play with, and then um, it will create a board with those colors. And then you can set your par score, like oh, I want a par of eight, and then it will take eight pieces and. And randomly click them nice okay. and then you can just kind of do that forever and then i don't know There you could i don't know what the the math is but eight to the eight to the three or i don't know you know how many millions of combinations are of puzzles
2: that's really cool all right well that is uh oppa switch uh did you have anything more that you wanted to touch on that i we didn't really get to i know that we had sort of discussed in terms of accessibility we've discussed Price point, music, design—was uh, there anything that you felt like we that you wanted to make sure that you brought up?
1: Oh, uh, one of the things in terms of like accessibility and design that kind of went into the original game idea um, was that we wanted the puzzle the puzzles to be playable by people that might have like color vision mm-hmm. issues. Um, so the pieces have shapes on them. So like the red one has like a plus, and then blue is an X, and green is a square, for example. Um, and so, you know, if you if you have a hard time distinguishing between the colors, the pieces always tell you what yeah. they're going to do, so you don't have to remember like oh red does this, blue does this. You can just look at it, and it's, it's part of the the piece design. Um, so that was something that that was kind of like when we first started working on like I want this to be the case because um, I want you know people you know if you have a hard time with, with the vision, I want it to be to be playable there. Um, there's definitely more I would like to do from an accessibility standpoint, but that that was
2: one big thing. And I, you know, so you could effectively play the game in black and white. I guess my last question was, how bad was scope creep for you? Fight it off pretty well, um, or did you?
1: Um, you know, being an experienced developer, I've been building enterprise software for fifteen, sixteen years now, so I have a good sense of um, how to kind of wrangle that in. You know, having shipped several products to production. Um, but when it's something that you're creating that you're really excited about, like a game, um, you feel like, oh man, I could do. I've got these ideas for multiplayer, where you know you're both trying to solve the same puzzle at the same time, or like a level editor. Like in order to make levels, I just made myself a level editor, and then I just turned it off for the production mode. So well, it I'd be easy to turn that on, but then you'd have to save the levels somehow, and then replay them and delete them and whatever. Uh, and so uh, you kind of get to the point where you need to you need to focus on that and actually i was watching a a talk at gdc um, and it was another solo developer and he was talking about like you really just want to focus on just get the game done get the game done get it out the door so kind of figure out what is your what do you need uh so in the industry would call it like an mvp what is my minimally viable product that i can ship um to the store and then kind of um iterate on that and so that was really the focus so while i have a a lot of ideas for Office, which I can just kind of.
2: Yeah, and I guess just the the ability to be able to patch in new features, um, right, is a godsend in mm-hmm. terms of yeah, you can get that MVP out, scope yeah. creep stuff in after you've had some more time.
1: Yeah, luckily it's it's not on a cartridge and it's stuck in time and space right.
2: forever. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate uh, being able to ask you all these sort of behind the scenes developer questions. I've, this is my first ever time ever being able to uh, speak with or interview a developer. So getting sort of the that, how the sausage is made information is really interesting to me. Again, Appa Switch is on Xbox exclusively for now at $4.99. What's the most effective way to find it on Xbox in your opinion? Uh,
1: if you're on your console, you can just go to the store and search for Appa Switch. it's O-P-P-O-S-W-I-T-C-H. Um, you can find it at xbox.com or, or microsoft.com. Just stuff in the, the search bar at the top of the page. Um, you can also probably just Google my name, and it would show up there, too. I don't know if we can put a link in the, in the yeah, show yeah, notes sorry, or something. Yeah, sorry, and it
2: will definitely have a, a link to the Xbox page. Yeah. I'm also on Discord. And that is Rich Miguel. Yeah, uh, Awesome. Well, again, we really appreciate it. We're going to be moving on to our most anticipated gaming-related things segment. This is a weird one in that we're not going to just talk about most anticipated games. We can talk about events. We can talk about speed running. We can talk about uh, anything that we're just excited for in 2021 that is gaming related. So I will actually start us off. We each have a couple. Uh, it varies person to person. So it's not necessarily a top five or a top three. It's just whatever we're excited for uh, starting off. I am most excited to see what they do this year with E3. Um, That's one of my top events every year. I always say it's like Christmas for me or whatever, where you just, there's a flood of gaming news and reveals and trailers. And it all happens wonderfully within the span of like one week. And I just spend days watching all this news. And this past year, we didn't have it because of obviously COVID related restrictions. Um, and instead many companies put out their own press events over the course of the summer. So over the course of about two, two and a half months, um, which it was fun. And that was, I like that, but I like having that condensed week long marathon basically. And, uh, Luke, how do you feel about E3? Do you normally keep up with it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I try to watch the footage and try to watch, you know, obviously they show a lot of E3 on Twitch nowadays, so it's really easy to digest uh, every year. And, you know, I'm hoping that by then we will be able to have in-person conventions again because I feel like the hype is to get people there and get excited about it. And so, yeah, I'm hoping that it'll happen again this year. Uh, I know the vaccine is starting to get pushed out. Hopefully, It'll, it will be there. It'll be enough.
2: Yeah. What about you, Rich? So you normally keep up with the all things E3 every year? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: E3 usually falls like the week before my birthday. Yes. So it's like a birthday present to me, like as a, as a gamer, like, I just want what, to, what, what can I buy this <laughs> yeah. year? Just tell me. I'm interested to see, I think with lots of conferences, just across all industries going virtual, it makes them more accessible to smaller, yeah. um, smaller like developers or whatever. Um, you know cuz all of like all of our developer conferences have gone virtual too and it's but it's made it easier for people to be able to present or to attend and so i'm curious to see our developers going to realize uh, like large studios and large publishers do they realize they don't yeah. need to spend this kind of money on that i'm going to buy breath of the wild too, regardless of whether there's a an airplane hangar yeah. booth um you know cuz i i'm on the other side of the country so i i won't be there right um, and this
2: year those online so, conferences and online presentations were still incredibly successful. Like Sony, I think, said it was their yeah. most watched presentation of all time, so it's not like they're yeah missing out on any marketing here.
1: Mm-hmm. There, there are those there's those magic moments sometimes in E three, and the first thing that pops to mind is when um, they announced the partner with Nintendo and Ubisoft doing yeah. the Mario and rabbits. And when I saw that, I was like, this game looks yeah. so stupid. And then they show the developer, whose name I can't remember. I'm so sorry. Uh, just the joy in his face of just like I've worked so hard and waited so long to do this and show this off, and it was just like this great relief off his shoulders. And then the game comes out. Yeah, phenomenal game. game, absolutely. They
2: uh, had no reason think, to be that good.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. But just when you see how much those those teams care for their their uh, products and their IP, like you definitely lose something like that virtually. Where I mean, that that was emotionally moving for the yeah. people that were there.
2: And I mean, what do we have right now is cardboard cutout crowds or whatever. Something yeah. Crowd noise. And yeah. It's just so strange sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you lose a lot of that authenticity. So, Rich, yeah. what is your first?
1: Well, this is very, very soon. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Games Done Quick uh, speed running event. And awesome Games Done Quick uh, 2021 starts Sunday january 3rd it's a great great event for a great cause they alternate between raising funds for uh doctors without borders and the, and the prevent cancer foundation um it's seven days of awesome games and, and great people just coming together and being goofy and showing off speed running skills and i'm sure luke i can see there he's he's tied into that event too he's, he's plugged in um so i'm i'm very excited for that and uh, hopefully my manager isn't listening to this because working remotely, I will be working on one screen and watching all the streams on another screen. <laughs> um, so uh, that, that there's a plus there. And um, actually my, my wife um, is pretty involved with the event. She has made a lot of the prizes uh, over the last four or five years. So she has submitted a uh, legend of Zelda cross stitch, um, which will be one of the, the prizes at the event. So keep an eye out for that. And for
2: uh... I guess AGDQ, awesome game. Quick, um, mm-hmm. is there like a central place where that can be watched? Is there? Do you just like find it on Twitch? Uh, is...
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, it's on Twitch. Um, if you go to Gamesunquick.com, you'll see they have the the Twitch um, iframe in there, and so you can you can watch there in the browser or you know, to just watch. Where wherever you prefer to watch your your Twitch streams? Um, but yeah, you can donate through there and check out the schedule, see who the runners are, um, see who
2: the presenters are going to be. Um, very cool with that. Yeah, Luke, are you going to be tuned in?
0: I will probably tune in and watch uh, you know, runs here and there. Uh, I usually don't. Uh, it's been a long time since I've sat and watched like full-length runs uh, of games done quick just because I already consume so much speedrunning content on a day-to-day basis. Um, but I've got a couple buddies doing runs uh, in the show. Uh, I've got a close friend of mine. His name is Dylan. He's running um, Ratchet and Clank 2, Going Commando, uh, All Platinum Bolts. Um, I don't know what day he's on, but I'll, I'm sure that I'll be watching that full run. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, he's been grinding that game for like the last three or four months. He's been playing it a ton, so... I'm looking forward to see, and I think it's also his first run at GDQ ever. So I'll be supporting him and and watching uh, during that run for sure. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's always a good time. I wish that we were in person. I miss being able to go to the in-person GDQ events. Obviously, that's not a thing right now. Uh, The last um, two GDQs have now been uh, online, and now this one will also be as well. So, But they raise good money. Uh, AGDQ will go towards the Prevent Cancer Foundation. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for more speedruns to to go underway.
2: What was the date uh, for? when? when is-
0: January 3rd to January 10th.
2: The
1: Ratchet & Clank run that you were talking about uh, will be at 3.30 Central Time uh, on Wednesday, January 6th. Awesome. There you go. So as long as the schedule stays on track. Um, Which it never right. does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I forgot. Oh, yes. that's. I feel like that's another perk of that event going remote like even though there's such great energy in the room when people are, are co-located um, it gives smaller runners or lesser known runners more opportunity to participate because they don't necessarily have the backing or the funds to yeah. go to the event plus uh, also the international aspect as well since they do stream 24 hours when it's you know nighttime here in the United States it's great to have runners from all across the world be
2: able to to play the fun yeah. never stops Okay, on. Luke, mm-hmm. what is your most anticipated thing?
0: Oh, that was my, my AAGDQ coming up will definitely be the highlight of the beginning of 2021 for sure. And then, I mean, other than that, you know, I'm just consuming content as normal. So looking forward to any great game uh, that's coming out. I know that we had talked uh, a couple episodes ago about It Takes Two. Uh, so I'll be looking forward to more co-op couch action gameplay coming out in 2021
1: is that from the same developer as a way out yeah yes okay i really like their approach too because a way out required you had to play with two players so if you bought a copy you could give a copy to a friend
2: yeah i thought that was a really smart idea i was able to just send it to a buddy of mine who normally wouldn't play anything like that Uh, but because he basically got it for free uh, there was no convincing. It was just, hey, this is free. You're gonna play it with me. Mm-hmm. My next most anticipated thing uh, is going to be the Mass Effect remake, uh, the remaster trilogy. Whenever that comes out, I believe it's rumored for March, uh, and the just being able to play all three games as one big chunk and play them into each other. And I've heard that you know they had some issues with Mass Effect One. In terms of the remaster, uh, but that's all getting polished out. And while Bioware has been sort of dropping the ball on a lot of games lately, especially like Anthem, um, it's hard, as long as, even if they just up it, I would be happy. That's all I need. Like, they, it doesn't need to uh, be a completely new game. I just want to play Mass Effect 2 in, with better graphics, and I'm really excited for that. And I think that it's hard to mess that up, right? Mm-hmm. Well, do they keep the elevator loading zones? I am wondering. that. I mean, so much character dialogue is in those moments, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I've been wondering that too. Like, do you lose out on that now that right. Mass Effect 1 is not going to have load times, basically?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see. So Mass Effect 1 is, is kind of difficult to go back to mechanically because it, it does play like a very old game. Yeah, um, And that's not, to, it's a great game. It's not to knock on it, but um, you know, the mechanics hasn't, haven't aged great. So how much time are they going to spend tweaking that? Like, are we really just going to get a fresh cone of paint and maybe some more you know, oh, to run at a smooth you know, 60 FPS or whatever. Right.
2: Which I um, have heard that they are updating the gameplay to be more akin to Mass Effect 3 across all three yeah. games. Uh, yeah. And I guess there they could mess it up. If they tweak it too much they mess with the gameplay a little bit too uh, too mm. much if they just bring in the Mass Effect 3 systems put it into one uh, I I'm sold beyond something. yeah
1: um, I think it's it's it seems silly but I think this is a big title for Bioware because you had mentioned Anthem but also Andromeda did not not do right well um, and I know that that was a different studio that wasn't the primary Mass Effect studio yeah. but, but still that there's a lot of goodwill from from the, dev- like the gaming community that they've lost in the last few years, and I think they kind of need to bring it back. And it's just crazy to see a company like BioWare or Bethesda where, you know, like Bethesda with Fallout 76, like th- to see people just turn on the company so quickly, like, oh, yeah. wow, they were sacred six months ago and now, you know.
2: And BioWare, I mean, was the, yeah, the darling of the video game industry in terms of its story. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. it, it is so far Yeah.
1: I mean Kotor and you know, Jade Empire on, on Xbox. Um just some well beloved games.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um what's your next most anticipated?
1: Um okay, so this is I'm kind of making this up. This this will happen, but to what extent it is celebrated um is yet to be seen because Nintendo doesn't like to do what you want them to do. Yeah. Um so February twenty first. Uh, will be the 35th anniversary of the original Legend of Zelda release uh, in, from the Japanese release statement Famicom. So I am hoping as a huge Zelda fan that they do a 35th anniversary collection like they did with yes. uh, Super Mario. Um, now what that means I don't know I, but I, I just want to be able to play all these games on my Switch. Why I can't play Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time it, it blows my mind like it's so frustrating. Like, you can drag and drop these ROMs. You know, I don't want to oversimplify, but I'm going to. Like yeah. <laughs> you you can do that, and you will sell a lot of money. Why This This has to happen. I feel like this has to happen. But Nintendo likes to do, like, the two steps forward, one step back. So they'll do something, something stupid like, you can only buy this for 12 weeks digitally, this, like this digital fake scarcity. digital scarcity. Yeah. So absurd.
2: What do you think... Uh, how mad would you be if they skipped over Majora's Mask? They I'm Very <laughs> upset.
1: I'm very upset. Majora's Mask is a fantastic game. Um because it issues the 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 typical Zelda formula. Like every Zelda game is you are the chosen one, you are the hero. And Majora's Mask starts by punching you in the face and saying, You are worthless, the earth is gonna be destroyed. Good luck. Yeah. Right? And you have to like it's so different, and I just love how weird, just quirky and goofy that game is.
2: Yeah. I wonder. So, what do you think are going to be the three? I mean, Ocarina of Time—they've already done the remaster, but I'm sure they'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Majora's Mask and Wind Waker—that would be my guess at the three that they would include.
1: I think the I think the Wii U remasters, yeah, of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess are are lock ins because. Um, you didn't have to have the tablet to play those. So I think those would be relatively easy to port, especially given the number of Wii U titles that they've already uh, ported over to Switch. Um, I don't know about the 3DS remakes of Majora's Mask in Ocarina of Time because the touch screen was so integral That's into true. those experiences. So I, w- what I think will happen, because we know the Switch has these emulators, because we've seen the Mario collection, the 3D stars collection, are we going to get the the n64 versions oh, of those titles yeah. and just bring them over and say well here you go this was this took five minutes of effort as opposed to yeah. trying to port this 3ds game
2: 60 dollars um, please thank you yeah
1: and you know i'll do it because i want to be able to play i will too. um you know but like uh, i am one of the people I, I am running um emulators on my xbox so i am playing ocarina of time on my series x and it runs phenomenally nice so yes. i ask i'm Yep, very, very much looking forward to whatever Zelda collection I'm welling into existence this year. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I'm right there with you. I really hope that that's gonna. It would be crazy for them not to make it, um, especially for the 35th. So I, I'm right there with you. I think it's gonna happen. But Nintendo is gonna Nintendo, and who knows exactly. Um, And I guess what's your final one? What's your last most anticipated?
1: Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do two for real quick here. Okay, yeah. Psychonauts 2, which will come out. Please, 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 Double Fine. Double Fine has a great, great track record. Tim Schafer has made some wonderful, delightful, fun games. I'm very much looking forward to Psychonauts 2. Um,
2: and I do need to go back and replay the original.
1: And then Resident Evil Village, I think, is what. Is that what Resident Evil 8 is called?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, and you told me the other day that. Resident Evil Three was one of your top games of 2020, which is seems like a uh less popular take on Resident Evil Three yes. as opposed to um, media.
1: yeah i I did love Resident Evil Three. It came out like right at the beginning of the quarantine, so you know I kind of stuck at home and i I was actually speed running that, um, which is not something I do, but it was one of those oh, I'm gonna see if I can beat this in an hour or, or whatever yeah uh, but i I really liked that game even though there was a lot of content missing. Um, the clock tower scene and all that but i thought they did a great job it wasn't as good as re2 especially with the the two storylines and stuff but uh i thoroughly
2: enjoyed it um and so resident evil Seven or not not seven village is resident evil eight and they are going back to that first person idea of resident evil seven right Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i think this is going to be um that perspective of seven with that type of gameplay but with more a action this is me guessing
2: like it's gonna feel like Resident Evil Four. Oh, nice! Yeah, I guess in that setting, really, sort of makes it seem like that's the direction they're heading. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so that's 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 my two for there. Those are the two games I'm very excited for this year.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Luke, you didn't, you don't. How many more besides uh, It Takes Two and Awesome Games Done Quick?
0: That's all I can think of besides just. I can't wait to see more speedrunning tricks revealed and times going down. Yeah, because that's all I care about nowadays.
2: And so. I'm really excited uh, on my end for. I mean, hopefully Dragon Age comes out. Hopefully uh, Infinite actually comes out and is good. Um, and so I guess it's just one of those. There's a plenty of games uh, I'm really looking forward to in 2021. Um, and I still feel like I don't. I want to go through like the actual list of releases and pick out the ones uh, at some point, um, because it does look like it'll be a stacked year once we finally get into real next-gen releases.
1: Yeah, the the calendar seems like a blur, because so much has been delayed in 2020 for obvious reasons. And then how many things were going to be revealed but then kind of weren't because everything just got pushed back. So who knows? Fall could just be phenomenal. It could be another two thousand
2: seven or yeah, uh, like that. Yeah, uh, I'm really hoping, and uh, I want to see Elder Scrolls six. Uh, it's not going to happen, or not, <laughs> not not Elder Scrolls six. Uh, Starfield, Starfield. Yeah. yeah, that's the one that I'm really looking forward to as well. And I, hopefully, Bethesda can also recapture their magic.
1: I, I would I would wager the twenty five hundred dollars, like almost won earlier in the show, that, that will- we will not see uh gameplay from starfield i mean or elder Scrolls 6 i mean you might we might see uh 15 second teaser trailer or cgi will tell us nothing but
2: yeah i agree unfortunately i'm ready yeah. for it though.
1: but i'm i'm fine with that if if bethesda's just kept the genie in the bottle and waited like with fallout 4 remember they did that they announced it and then it, it came out They said, by the way this is coming out in november yeah cool absolutely if they do that with starfield Yeah, I don't need I'm I'm on board. I don't need to see it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I will be getting the game, uh no matter what, especially if they do that sort of marketing. Uh yeah, if they wait and then Mm -hmm. yeah. Amelia Pump. Um, well, we're gonna be getting into our final little section, which is all about shout outs and plugs before we all sign off. Luke, do you have any main shout outs that you want to give this week or any content creators that you've been really enjoying?
0: Well, I'm going to shout out a speedrunning friend of mine. Today is his (laughs) 25th birthday. His name is Connor75, and he is working on a Rareware 301 speedrun today, which is where you do um, Kazooie 100%, Tui 100%, and Donkey Kong 64 101%. Uh, That's also the main run I'll be working on probably in the first quarter of 2020, uh, 2021. So... Yeah, big shout-outs to him, and it's his birthday today. So, happy birthday, Connor. Good luck on your 301, and thank you for all that you do for the community. So, you're in.
1: Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Connor. How long does that trilogy of runs take?
0: Uh The world record for the 301, I believe, is 12 hours, 40 minutes, I think. Wow. I would have to check. Uh, it, might e- it might even be lower than that. It might be like a 12.06, but it is – uh it's around a 12-hour time, yeah. I think the combined world records makes it like 11.30, maybe,
2: so. I'm surprised how close that is to the Sprash Vecta times, um, and that these three games are going to match six games in terms of timing, you know, off by like, what, two hours about? Yeah. Well, two and Donkey I
0: mean, Donkey Kong especially is, I mean, the world record for Donkey Kong 64 is, double the world more than double the world record of any of the splash games okay so yeah it's just it's just a much longer game because you're collecting a whole bunch of stuff
2: yeah and i guess with the 100 especially
0: Uh, and then i guess i'll give another shout out to dill wingo he'll be running all platinum bolts uh ratchet and clank 2 uh gdq next week so good luck dill
2: cool very much looking forward to that run Uh, rich do you have any shout outs that you want to yeah, uh,
1: I'll give a shout out to uh, Charles McGregor, who is the founder of Tribe Games. Uh, he's the sole developer of a game called HyperDot, uh, which I was very fond of. Uh, released uh, earlier this year. It available. It's available on Game Pass. So if you're a subscriber, definitely check it out. Um, he gave a talk at uh, GDC earlier uh, this year, the one I was referring to, about kind of you know, trying to uh, get developers to just get their game out the door. And he's been very, very supportive of me. Um, throughout the development of Office Switch. So um, check out HyperDot. It's very fun.
2: Awesome. Um, yeah, especially if you've got Game Pass. There's no reason not to, right? Absolutely. Uh, my shout-out this week is going to be for 99Q, 99Questions by Bob Buell. Uh, it is a wonderful interview show that you can find on any podcasting network. And it. he recently talked to Alex Stadnik of uh, Game Informer. He's talked with many developers. And it really is uh, It's impressive the people that he's able to get on his show and just like the way he interviews is so natural and comfortable. Um, and it's very, it's a really entertaining, um, behind the scenes sort of look at the industry. So 99 questions, I can't recommend it enough. Absolutely have to listen to it with that. All that being said, we're going to get into our personal plugs a little bit. Uh, we really want to thank you, Rich, for coming on. Uh, where can people, I know you said earlier, it's harder to find you on social media. Uh, well, you won't find you on social media, but where can people find your work? Where can people uh, look you up?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, so you can find Appa Switch on the Xbox store or at Microsoft.com. I am on Discord, uh, Rich MCL, so you can look me up. Pretty plugged into the MinMax community, so you can find me there. Um, or you can, uh, if you search my name, search for Zelda or Appa Switch, you can find me and should be some contact info there too. Awesome. Uh, Luke, where can people
2: find you?
0: Uh, I am on Twitter at, uh, at secret humor, man. I'm also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash secret humor, man.
2: Cool. I'm on Twitter at PT Wilkie. We've also got our own show Twitter, uh, at press doubt. If you wanted to ask us any questions, you can always email us at press at gmail.com. I'm working on an Instagram, but I have no idea how that works. So, That'll be a little bit down the line. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. For anyone out there, if you did enjoy the show, make sure you go download Opposwitch 499 on Xbox. Search it. Tell a friend about Press... What is our show called? Tell a friend about Press X to Doubt. Uh, we really appreciate it. That is the biggest way to get more listeners is through word of mouth. Um, and you know the more ears on it and the more feedback we get the better the show becomes and we really appreciate everyone that's listened so far and that has continued to give really positive i'm all over the place and has continued to give very positive feedback in these past couple months and well how many months two months one month two months two months uh and so yeah thank you everyone for listening in timing if it's like not really 2021 i think that's fine like for me dragon age 4 or dragon age whatever they're going to call it is a really big anticipated thing and i don't think that's going to come out this year but uh that would be top of my list i
1: will bet you a kf console that that game is not coming out